welcome back, welcome back. Today we have a five minute fire for you guys and it is a juicy one. We are talking about the number one tip that helped me heal my relationship with food. The number one tip. How buzzfeedy is that? But I assure you, you're gonna get some gems, you're gonna get some value out of this episode. So let's dive right in, shall we? Let's face plant. And I am so confident in this tip that I will go as far as to say it will help you regardless of what you're struggling with. Anorexia, orthorexia, binge eating, exercise addiction, bulimia, even if you're not struggling with disordered eating at all, it's helpful regardless. It's one of those just across the board, if you're a human, this will help. But if you chose to listen to this episode, more likely than not, you're struggling with food in some way. And I promise you, this tip is especially helpful for issues related to food. So enough blabbing. Let's get to the point, shall we? All right, the number one tip that helped me heal my relationship with food is feeling my feelings. Oh, it's the least sexy thing I could have told you. I know, I know. Are you cringing? Are you sweating just hearing that? Because I am. I am still not comfortable feeling my feelings. And I'm gonna talk about why. I'm gonna dive into the good good, the juicy juice. Because, do you guys remember juicy juice? Wow, that was a throwback. Just, whew, I just shot right back to uh, 1998. But don't worry, I'm gonna get into how exactly you feel your feelings because I know it's this foreign language that, not many of us know how to do. I'm gonna share some really helpful info from my therapist that I recently learned about feelings that's also gonna help a ton. Lastly, I'm gonna talk about why feeling your feelings is so helpful in the realm of disordered eating and how it can really help you repair your relationship with food. But before I dive into the logistics, how do we feel our feelings? Let's back up just a hot sec. How did I become someone who is a feeler? Someone who emotes. I used to be this stone cold bitch. I was like a womanizer. I guess that's a man. I was a man eater. (laughs) Honestly, I was dating like 12 people at a time. Had no feelings, no emotions towards any of them in college. It was really fun, but not the most healthy for me mentally. And how did I go from that to being someone who cries at a children's hospital commercial? Real story that happened last night. Well, like many of us, I grew up in a society that prioritizes joy and happiness and pleasure and any of the negative emotions in life, quote unquote negative, are wrong, are something to be afraid of, are something to run away from. In addition to that, neither of my parents really taught me how to handle these negative emotions. If I was feeling sad or down or upset, they would either try and get me to cheer up through food or we would go to the park or do something fun and there's nothing wrong with that I you know anyone listening who's either a parent or has had an upbringing like this everyone is doing the best they can and if you had even told me this a few years ago I'd be like yeah I mean good for them for cheering me up right but what I know now is that by not learning how to handle those negative emotions and always trying to be cheered up or comforted, etc. I wasn't taught how to actually face those feelings when they came up. And so once I grew out of my parents' house and once they weren't there to cheer me up or make me feel better, I was alone and I was alone with those feelings and that was really scary for me. 
And so what did I do? I turned to food. I either distracted myself from these negative emotions by restricting my food, counting calories, thinking about food all the time. It's an amazing distraction mechanism. Brilliant. Or I would overeat or binge or numb myself, right? So the more food that I would shove in my pie hole, the less I was thinking about the negative emotions that were swirling around in my brain. And food is an amazing anesthetic. It just numbs the hell out of everything. Until you stop eating and until the uncomfortable fullness starts to take over and the shame and guilt spiral begins. So when I started seeing a therapist for my issues with food and they started talking about feelings, I didn't understand. (laughs) I was like, I think you have the wrong person. Yeah, I'm here to work on my relationship with food, not my feelings. But years into therapy, years into this recovery process, I've learned that it's not about the food at all. Food was simply my coping mechanism. People have tons of them. Sex addiction, gambling, alcohol, drugs, you name it. Food happened to be mine. And that's why I mentioned it earlier. I genuinely think the more people would start feeling their feelings the world would be a better place. I think it would help pretty much every issue that we're struggling with if people were to not suppress, not numb, not distract, not run away from, but really sit and feel our feelings. So how do we do that? How do we feel a feeling? It sounds like a very simple question, but I think for so many of us, it's really hard to answer because for so long we feel a feeling come up and we panic. We get a little sweaty in the undercarriage, we get a little flushed in the face, and we either go on social media or we go for a run, literally run away from our problems. I mean, how many times have you heard of people saying running is cheaper than therapy? I know my parents did. Running is an amazing thing, but it is not a substitution for feeling your feelings. All right, so step one, you feel a feeling come up. What do you do? Name it. So the first thing to do is name the emotion you're experiencing. And don't say, I'm anxious. Don't tie yourself to the anxiety. Say, I am experiencing anxiety. I am someone who is experiencing anxiety. And that little bit of separation helps a ton. And a little life hack that my therapist taught me, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, is the next time you feel a feeling coming up, Name it, as I mentioned, but also describe it in great detail. Like channel your inner AP English circa junior year of high school self. Like really just go hard in the vocabulary paint. You know what I mean? So let's stick with the anxiety example because I think many of us feel lots of anxiety. So you feel this anxiety coming up. And the first thing you do is I'm experiencing anxiety, right? Not I'm anxious. Oh my God, I'm a ball of anxiety. And then focus on, again, channel that AP English killer vocabulary and really describe it. It's going to be different for everyone. For me personally, anxiety feels like this multicolored ball of chaos, like almost this creepy little tornado hurricane happening inside of me. And there's tons of colors, no rhyme or reason. It just, they're all clashing. It's a hot ass mess. And then after you describe it, think about how it feels in your body. So for me, it feels like this rising pressure that I can't take a deep breath. It's like this pressure on my chest and I'm like, 
like I can't fully get that deep breath and I can't feel that relaxation. It's very shallow breathing and kind of panic. So all of those things together for me is anxiety. And the last little bit of advice she gave me was once you describe it visually, once you describe how it feels in your body, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it like you would a friend. Say, hello, anxiety. And you might feel like you're acting a little wacky, a little, a little woohoo, but you know, do this when no one's around, do it in your head, do it when you're alone in the car. When you feel this anxiety come up, say, hello, anxiety. I see you. I acknowledge that you're here. And don't judge yourself. Don't shame yourself or try and figure out immediately, why am I feeling this way? I've been having a great day and all of a sudden the anxiety came out of nowhere. Like that does no good in that moment. Just acknowledging it, separating yourself from it, right? That little buffer zone of I am experiencing anxiety and then describing it, it helps so much. I can't explain why. I'm not the therapist here, but I will say I have used it many a time and it's really, really helpful. Okay, I know that was a long step one of naming the sensation, but let's move on to step two, which is to feel the feelings. And step one and step two will sometimes shift in order because obviously you'll start to feel the feeling before you can name it and vice versa, but really start to intentionally lean into that feeling, right? So you feel the anxiety come up and don't tense up. Don't try and run away or distract yourself. Really lean into it. And remember that an emotion, that feeling, that sensation in your body only lasts for 90 seconds max. And I didn't come up with this idea. This is actually an idea from a brain scientist named Dr. Jill Taylor. And she talks about the chemical process when you experience an emotion and how it actually only lasts 90 seconds. And you may say, wait, I have felt emotions for years. (laughs) What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. The fact that you experience an emotion longer than 90 seconds just means that you're replaying that loop in your mind. You're choosing to stay in that emotion. And again, there's nothing wrong with you. We all do it. I mean, how many times have you lamented over and over about something that you did and just replayed that situation in your mind and then boom, you are just transported right back into that emotion and you feel it so viscerally in your body. It feels like you're there again. So our mind is very powerful in the way that it plays into emotions and reliving certain experiences. But that's also really empowering because we have the choice whether or not we want to create that loop and live in that cycle. And what I've experienced personally with emotion is the more I suppress it, the more I numb out and I don't sit in the muck and I don't feel it right away, it sticks around for longer. It really is like ripping off a Band-Aid. So some helpful tips when I'm really trying to feel a feeling. And remember that this is a practice. Remember, it's going to feel really uncomfortable at first. It's going to feel really awkward. You're going to be like, am I doing this right? You are. Don't worry. We were all bad at things at the beginning. Remember walking? LOL. Remember we always used to fall when we would walk? Now we walk everywhere. We don't even think about it. It's a miracle. So I like to sit somewhere quietly. And again, if you feel a feeling at work and you're surrounded by people, It may not be the best place to practice this, but what I like to tell people is say you're home on a weekend and you start to feel sad or you start to feel lonely or bored even. I think boredom is something we don't feel a lot just because of social media and having our phones on us 24-7, but try and pick a time when you're alone or you have the space to practice feeling it. And so say this feeling of 
loneliness comes up when you're home alone on the weekend. Maybe all your roommates are out of town, your partner's gone, for whatever reason you're alone. And you start to feel this kind of gaping emptiness, this hollowness. And you're like, damn, I feel really lonely right now. Just sit with that. And how you do that is I go into my room. I like to sit on the couch somewhere quiet and close my eyes and just focus on the feeling. Going through the steps we just talked about, name the feeling. I'm experiencing feeling loneliness. And then describe the feeling. It feels hollow. It feels empty. I feel like a shell of a human. It feels gray, kind of cold in my body. I feel it in my chest, kind of down in my stomach a little bit. And now take a few deep breaths into the area where you feel that feeling. So think intently about your chest, your stomach. Think about the hollowness, the emptiness, the gray, the cold feeling you get. And just breathe it out. Do that a few more times. And what you're going to know, just so you have a sense of what to expect, what you're going to start to feel is the emotion will get stronger at first. Don't freak out. Anytime you focus on something where your attention flows, energy goes. Remember that saying. So when you focus on that emotion, it's going to feel intense for a little bit, like a catalyst. I don't know if anyone, any of my pre-med students out there, you know, you add a catalyst to a reaction and it goes up first and then it comes down, right? So you'll feel this emotion, this loneliness intensifying, and then it will dissipate and it will be gone all of a sudden. And you'll be like, whoa, (laughs) what was that voodoo magic? But what most people do, what I have always done, I'm not, again, this whole podcast, I am still working on this. I'm not perfect. You guys know this with anything that I talk about. What I used to do, say for loneliness, for example, I would feel it and I would be like, oh my God, I'm not a lonely person. I have tons of friends. I'm just like, why is this feeling here right now? And I would kind of not pay attention to it. I would just distract myself, go for a walk, make dinner, go on social media. And it would sort of be this little remora following me around all day. You know, those little fish that hang on the sharks and eat little little creatures off of them. It was like that. It was on my shoulder and it just, I could feel its presence following me throughout the whole day, but I never addressed it because I was afraid to. And why are we afraid to feel our feelings? I think the biggest reason is we're afraid that they're going to last forever. You know, when you're just so sad or so angry I don't know. Anger is more of an explosive emotion. For me, it's sadness, really. I was so terrified to feel sad and sit in that because it just felt so prolonged. Felt like it was going to last forever. And I was nervous that once it enveloped me, I was never going to claw my way back out. But we see the opposite happening. We see the opposite to be true. The more you lean into your feelings, the more you feel them intensely and mindfully they will pass much more quickly than distracting yourself from them. All right, this five-minute fire is turning into a 15-minute fire, so I gotta wrap shit up. TLDR, which, if you're not a tech bro like me, it means too long, don't read. Basically means in summary. TLDR, the more you can feel your feelings, the better off you'll be. Number two, it's a practice. Don't expect to be perfect at it right away. Number three, describing what you're feeling in great detail, what it looks like, how it feels in your body, acknowledging it can help a ton. Number four, 
Emotions only last 90 seconds in your body. No feeling will last forever unless you keep reliving it and you make it last forever. I hope this was helpful for you. I love talking about feelings. I can't believe I went from someone who couldn't remember the last time they cried to being someone that looks forward to crying because it just feels so good and cleansing and peaceful after a good cry. All right, you guys, can't wait to talk to you next week. I have some good interviews coming up in the pipeline. You guys are going to love these. And if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, it would mean a ton if you shared it with friends and family. It's how more people find out about it and we can help more people who are secretly or not so secretly struggling. All right, you guys, talk to you next week. Bye.